Hello. Hello, guys. What is going on? Welcome to the seventh installment of the Art of Gossiping podcast. This is going so fast. I can't believe we're already on on the seventh episode. I know. We're almost done with the season, and I couldn't be happier or more excited for the places we're going to go with this. Absolutely. The future is looking bright, you guys. Yeah. Well, before we get too far into today's episode which i'm sure is highly anticipated Mm -hmm. we did want to address the riots in minneapolis minnesota and give people the phone number that connects you to the government officials all over the country so the phone number is 612-324-4499 and deborah can you just explain a little bit about what that is Yeah, just a little update though so what the riots in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minnesota um, are mm-hmm. for is for the death of George Floyd. Um, a little update, though, his murder. But the three other accomplices have not. So there's still a lot of work that still needs to Absolutely. be done. Um, but we're praying for Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, who are the most recent victims mm-hmm. of the horrific and historic struggle against law enforcement and um, authority. So we hear you, we see you, your voices matter and you're heard. Um, yeah, we obviously like, we're just obviously Deborah and I use a lot of humor when it comes to this because we want to like brighten people's mood and their days and whatever. But we also kind of, I mean, we absolutely feel a responsibility to use like any sort of platform that we have to address injustices that exist in the world that we live in because that I feel like we wouldn't be doing our part if we didn't speak out or say something or exactly yeah so it's definitely like on our generation to progress and make sure that change does come about so I'm really hopeful but also it's very tragic um, what's been happening yeah so so we didn't want to bring down the mood too much but we definitely again think it's super important so to address it now we're going to get into the good part Deborah it's so exciting today is the day guys Our book club discussion for today is based on the book Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Roderick Rules. Rules. Amazing. It's so amazing. It serves as a transmatic political commentary of the structure of middle school and how it translates the protagonist, Greg Heffley's profound need to be popular and well-liked is a struggle people of many ages can relate to, making this book relevant for all ages. Absolutely, you guys. I mean... If you really think about it, how much of the of the world changes from middle school? You have social hierarchies, you have cliques, you have you, you mean learn people. things every day. Like the world is just it, it very much so. I don't know how to like um, what's the word I'm looking for here. It kind of parallels middle school in a sense. Yeah. So wanted... Also, the meanest people are in middle school. You think high schoolers? No, mean? middle school. You remember? I think it's schoolers? because they're going through puberty, and so it's yeah. just like a lot. Of, it's a it's lot of like hormones. A it's a lot of hormones in one yeah. place, and nobody's nice, and everyone wants to be on top. Um, everyone hates each other. It's like literal cat my, fight. It's amazing, but horrible. My parents refer to my middle school years as my pumpkin face. So it's because I was fat. Pictures will be posted on no, the website. No, absolutely not. Um, that actually ties along to the tip we'll tell later, but I've destroyed all of those photos. So good luck finding them. Well, let's get into the discussion. We have some main summary points because we've, I've kind of forgot, but Diary of a Wimpy Kid, there's not one plot. No, line. it's, it's a lot. It's sort of I mean, like, because it's a diary. He's like going through his whole life. That's so true. That is so true. Yeah. But we just thought some very important 
summary points um, that we just got from a quick peruse of the book seven minutes before this podcast started. No, I mean, we totally, it. we like absolutely, <laughs> I mean, we've been telling you guys for months. No, yeah, we've been totally reading to get, this book yeah. for like no. months and studying Basically, it since stuff, I but... have been in quarantine, I cracked this book open. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So um, our first, so we're... yeah, our first summary point. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. We have the swim team. So if you guys don't know, the, the premise of the book follows Greg Hefley, who is, is he in sixth grade at this point? Is that right? Or is, yeah. yeah, he's in sixth grade. So he's in middle school. It's a rough time, you guys. And he's mm-hmm. trying to find out, like, what his hobby's going to be. Like, his older brother has music. Um, and so he's just trying to fit in, you know. But he's not, like, an athlete. He's really shrimpy and tiny. And so he's trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> and so he joins the swim team. But he's really bad at swimming. So he figures out a way to, like, get out of practice by, like, sneaking into the bathroom. And then he gets, like, super, super cold because it's, like, super freezing in the bathroom. And so he wraps toilet paper around himself for, like, 40 minutes yeah. a day just to stay warm in the bathroom. I think that really plays to sort of the genius hacks that Greg Hefley oh, has for absolutely. life. absolutely. Like, right? the ingenuity there, flawless. Exactly. Like, I just, That's I don't the know. next it's Bill Gates. Such an you inspiration. Know exactly. Such an inspiration for all um did the next summary point that we have uh, and i think this this is really what the book revolves around it's roderick's constant bullying of greg hefley for those of you who don't know who roderick hefley is i Please feel leave. so sorry for Please you leave. yeah what are you doing with your life exit out of this podcast right now um but we'll just give you a quick synopsis just because we're nice but um are roderick we... is greg's older brother um and he has the band Loaded Diaper, but it's spelled L-O-D-E-D space diaper D-I-P-E-R. Um, Nailed it. And that's the correct way of spelling it. Like, I honestly don't, I can't think of anything wrong with that. I can't so, either. Yeah, anyways, but I think what the main, the main thing we admire about Roderick is um, the story that was really important in the book. And I think it applies most to our podcast. Um, Kyle, do you want to take this one away? I think it really... Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, basically, Roderick throws this big party, and he totally wasn't supposed to. And it's while his parents are away, they thought he was sick, and they thought that, like, he wouldn't he wouldn't invite people over because he was had the flu or whatever. And so, he throws this party, and he locks his brother, Greg, in the basement all night long. Literally all night long. Like, <laughs> sleeps in the basement, wakes up, and, like, has to help his brother clean up the party before his parents come home. And he, at that moment in time, he's so mad that he decides he's going to blackmail his brother. But he's, like, there's only one piece of evidence out there that, like, could even, like, tarnish mm-hmm. Roderick's reputation in any sort of way. So, he, the what, what the evidence is, or what the blackmail is, is this one year in the school yearbook, I think it was, like, his in high school at some point. Sophomore yeah. year, yeah. His dad... He missed, Roderick missed picture day. And so his dad was going to send in like an old, pic, like the, the one from his freshman year, his picture instead. Um, no, it was from second grade. But no, he, he was supposed to send in the one from freshman year. Oh, but yeah. He no, yeah. Sent in the, the one from second grade. So it's like all these high schoolers <laughs> and then like a second grader that says Roderick Hefley. <laughs> and Greg is like desperately trying to find the photo. But Roderick knows what's up. He destroyed all evidence of that photo. He ripped out the paper, the page out of the yearbook. That's what's up. And so that's, I think that's why I think Roderick is definitely my favorite character. Uh, definitely. In definitely. Yeah. Um, just so genius. Such a genius. 
I think he's definitely underrated. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think the next point, we're, we'll discuss more about this later, but it's also very important in the book. His friendship with Rowley, Rowley Jefferson. So awkward. So awkward. So, but you know what I will say? In the first round, the first, ba- the new Diary of Wimpy Kid movie, ugh, dirt trash. The first one, the first one, they casted Rowley so they perfectly. Did. I That's really true. cannot think of the, the the entire class. The ca- class cast, I must say, was very so well perfect. cast. I agree. Whoever you know what I will say? Was a plus. Their friendship, Greg and Rowley's friendship, reminds me like to a T of Alex Russo and Harper in Wizards of Waverly Place. <gasps> like, why are they friends? Everyone is watching like, why are they friends? I don't understand. I love that analogy. Thank it's you. like Greg is the darkness and Rowley is the light. Exactly. In the same way Alex is the darkness and Harper is the light. I just, I mean, I was watching Wizards of Waverly Place today, of course, as one does in quarantine. Duh. And I just, when we were reading this, I was like, wait a damn minute. Cut the, cut the cameras. <laughs> cut the cameras. Deborah, please fill in our, our amazing listeners on what are themes and motifs in Diary of Wimpy Kid right. Rules. Mm-hmm. So this one, um, we're just basically, I mean, this is what we're going to do for every single book club discussion, but I think for other ones, we'll have more people come on so it's not just the two of us talking at yeah, you. Yeah, we just we, we thought we'd give like a little like basis for the book club. Yeah, like a little basis, a little intro. That's why we picked um, a really interesting book that's super easy to read but also has like a really profound subtext yes it it absolutely has so many different dynamics throughout the entire book Uh there's so many highs and lows character development it beautiful beautifully written everything um and i think one of so we just have here themes and motifs of the book one of them is the friendships that the protagonist greg heffley has um we noticed that in his friendship with rowley jefferson there's really an alpha beta dynamic going on there we think that he keeps Rowley around because compared to Rowley Greg will always look better it's sort of like having it makes him feel good about himself you know like he gets exactly he gets to like feel superior which is so unhealthy that's so so not a healthy relationship I know that's a very toxic relationship it's like keeping an uglier friend because you look pretty next to them that's so horrible it's literally but honestly, so disgusting. not about it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a celebrity. I'm trying to think of celebrity who has this. I can't think of Kim one. Jonathan. Kim... I was literally <laughs> about to think of Kim, Kim Kardashian and Jonathan. Guys, Chabert. Jonathan Chabert is straight. Can you believe it? I think we already talked about this, but let's just Even if bring we it up did, again. I need to talk, I need to rediscuss. Jonathan Shaban is straight. <laughs> well, Let that no, sink he's in not. He's not, but like supposedly he is. You know what I'm saying? But like, get super offended if you call him gay. I feel like people who are actually straight and like aren't gay don't get defensive if you say I they're agree. gay. They'll just be like, "Oh, oh no, no, I'm straight." Yeah, and like not a big deal, and you move on. Whatever. Unless they're but like people who have a little some people who are hiding from... hide a little something in their closet. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, anyway, yeah. so moving on from that weird, weird point, um, one symbol, like symbolic reference in the book, is that the talent show is a symbol is symbolism for unrealistic expectations. And here's mm-hmm. here's how so. So, if you don't know, in the book, Greg and Rally and Roderick all try out for the talent show, and Greg and Rally don't make it. Um, Greg did this like comedy routine and he thought he was so funny and then he didn't make it so he like he had that little unrealistic moment there and 
but Roderick does make it in, but he thinks it's going to like launch his band loaded diaper into stardom, but he's wrong because they suck. And so it just shows Mm -hmm. that like people really can set themselves unrealistic goals. And I think it's a great message of make, set your expectations low. Deborah and I were just talking about this earlier. Or just be, yeah. Um, the, just be realistic. Literally, like, since 2015, I've been like, this year is going to be the best year ever. It's going to be so mm-hmm. amazing. And every year has disappointed. So catch me in 2021 talking about how it's going to suck balls. And I'm going to have the best year. Exactly. I think I think we kind of cracked the code, though. Like, ever since Donald Trump has been elected president. Except, you know what's super weird? Mm. 2017 and 2018 were the best years of my life. Um... But no, no, just listen, I made cheer and I went to France in 2017 and 2018 I made cheer and went, went to Amsterdam and New York and London. So I guess like, you're right. Like they were just like, you know, minus what happened in high school, because that's sort of irrelevant. But like overall, I feel like those were good years. That's true. That's fair. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. We, we get off topic very easily. But yeah, that, that was just a sidetrack. We digress. But... Uh, I used to correct again. Oh my gosh, you guys. Twice in one a week. What's going on? Oh my God. It's literally the government. Like I'm telling you, the FBI knows that I cracked the code for digress and they're forcing me through mind tricks to use it correctly. No, 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 no. Stop digressing and get back on topic. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever, guys. I'm being stalked by the FBI. Um, so another thing we, we want to talk about, it's a common theme throughout the entire series, I think, um, his, dy- his family dynamic. It's dysfunctional to say the least. That's and an understatement. And speak towards a deeper context of his narcissism, right? So he thinks Manny, his youngest brother, isn't worth a conversation and is spoiled. He doesn't give his younger brother any attention, which is sort of normal, you might think, between a middle schooler and his brother who is three. Mm-hmm. But he completely disregards his mother and he thinks he's above anything his family has to say about him. So whether it's his dad's opinion of him or his brothers or his mother or his other brother, whomever, he thinks that they're above, that he is above. You know what's interesting about that point? And I just thought about this was Mm -hmm. that when I like read the book, I I, like start to believe that like he is, you know, because his parents seem really stupid or whatever. But then you have to put into context what point of view you're getting the story from. So you're getting the whole thing from Greg. So obviously you're going to believe that. What if his parents are brilliant and like super sweet and like. No, but as I get older, I start to agree with his parents more. Like one time his mother tried to teach him a lesson and say, Oh, don't lie about something. This was, I think this was in the second book actually. Like don't lie about something. Um, And he like caught his mother in a lie and forced her to stay outside so that he wouldn't have to lie. Or, like, she was on the phone with a PTA leader, and she didn't want to be talking to her. So he said, okay, go stand outside in the rain so I don't have to lie. Yeah, so I don't have to lie and say you're in the house. That's so vindictive and manipulative. I kind of admire him for it. No, I know. I think think you and I are Greg Hefley's. Exactly. I mean, we are the Greg Hefley's of the world. We are the main characters. But besides that. That's true. That's true. It is what it is, guys. Did you have any other points about the family? I feel like, sorry, I feel like I interrupted you. No, 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 you didn't. I feel like, oh, well, I have it here. More specifically, like, this is a more specific example. In the third book, Greg starts assigning his family New Year's resolutions, but then doesn't assign himself one because he thinks he's so perfect. Guys, that is a problem. 
that's a problem. It's a problem, but isn't that us? Well, I mean, we are perfect, but I think there's always things that I can do better, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, even though I, like, like I can be like, more we're... perfect, you know what I'm saying? hmm Yeah. No, I totally get you. For sure. That's pretty much all of the, like, information we wanted to, like, gather and talk about in this book. But we just want to point out, like, how beautiful this story is and how relatable it is on so many different levels. And as we discussed before, like, life is, life is like Roderick Rules. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I just, there's no other way to put it. Life is just middle school, but we're all grown up, to be quite honest wow, with you. Wow, that's a beautiful analogy, Deborah. It really is. Yeah. You know, so you know, when my grandparents were super, super old, my mom was saying, like, it's basically like having toddlers with bank accounts and car keys because they just, like, are so, they just, like, want to do whatever they want, but they, like, no one is there to control them, but they have their own bank accounts mm-hmm. and car keys, and you, like, can't stop them. And so I, I feel like that, like, kind of relates to this situation. Mm-hmm. It's a circle of life. It's a circle of yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. Deborah, please as you created this wonderful gossip tip for the people, please it did. dish it out. This is a good one, guys. So so tune your ears. You, girls in high school, you especially need this. Agreed. If you're sloppy enough to let someone have blackmail on you, destroy all evidence and deny, deny, deny. 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 Absolutely. You know what my mom said to me once? What? She said, Deborah, you can tell whatever lies you want to tell. I mean, she wasn't encouraging me to lie, but she was just giving me a little tip of mm-hmm. advice. You can say all the lies you want to tell, but just make sure no one can trace it back to you. And if they can, just deny. Because if you don't leave any evidence, no one, no one can, can prove really it. No happens. one can prove it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So that is all we have for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. Please stay tuned for more book clubs just like this for next season. We want to give a little shout out to our socials. We have our Twitter at the Art of Gossip One. We have our Instagram at the Art of Gossiping. We have our TikTok at the Art of Gossiping, which we are going to start posting on starting we will. tomorrow. You guys, literally the day this episode comes out, we're going to start posting on it because we we're excited. Need to get this shit out here, and I like please spread the word as much as you can. We love all of you guys who are listening. We really appreciate it, and we we just want it to go even further. Our last, exactly. our last place where you can get everything, the latest and greatest, is our website, www. Sorry, www.theartofgossiping.weebly.com. Please, nothing about the Weebly, because you all know by now we are unemployed and broke. Thank you so much. Yes. Deborah, please give our little outro. We love all our gossip girls and gays. Mwah! Love you all. <laughs>